Hello, everyone. Welcome to Heavy Girls Podcast. I'm Christina Long, the global creative director of Black Girls World Press. And if you're new to our podcast or new to our press, Black Girls World Press is dedicated to celebrating women of color and black women who are passionate about heavy music. That includes hardcore, metal, post-hardcore, mathcore, and all the things therein. Um, We are really excited today to have the organizers of Furnace Fest with us. All right. Hi, I'm Courtney Long, senior editor of Black Girls World on the mic. So happy to be here with the Furnace Fest organizers. If you guys want to introduce yourselves real quick. Yeah, I want to I want to steal all Johnny's thunder. My name is Johnny <laughs> Grimes. And uh, <laughs> now nah, my name is Chad. And uh, I started Furnace Fest 20 years ago. And I feel really honored to be here and uh, sharing sharing the journey. Thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. And my name is Johnny Grimes. I am one of the partners with Furnace Fest, uh, attended all four years in the early 2000s. And one of four guys who are helping put it on this year. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I'm going to jump into some of my questions, which are, I would say, specific to the history of this scene. Um, I'm somebody who, (laughs) I'm going to age myself, but I'm definitely someone who um, started college in 2005. And so, the bands of the early 2000s were really pivotal to, you know, the kind of metal I was getting into, even if it was metalcore or, frankly, I felt like there were, there was heavy music coming out at that time that might not have had a genre yet, and I didn't know what to call it. Um, and one of my favorite bands of all time to this day is still From Autumn to Ashes, and seeing some of these old recordings that I would find uh, at that time period on YouTube of these bands at Furnace Fest and other places where it seemed like as musicians, these bands were seeing each other for the first time, right? Seeing what some of the other bands were putting out and, and how it was impacting the crowd. So I guess my first question to the two of you is, do you feel like you've seen or, or witnessed yourselves the impact that these Furnace Fest events have had on the music community? Wow, that's a loaded question. Great Man. question. Yeah. Um, Johnny, do you want to take a stab or do you want me to to give it give it my best? Yeah, I'll follow up. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I, it's it's you know, it's kind of funny to think back about college starting in 2005 because in 2005 I was <laughs> to age myself, uh, let's see. My family was living in Seattle. I was working for a record company there. And uh, that was, I want to say maybe the year after Under Oath had released their Only Chasing Safety, which was one of one of the records that I had the joy of working on. And I mean, that whole, like, I feel like that was 2005 was kind of like, in my mind anyway, the year that 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 whole metalcore thing was so big. And I, I still remember there, there is a haste the day from autumn to ashes split seven inch record that um that i don't know who i can't remember who released it but i just remember having one and and just thinking like man like this it it just feels like these bands are 
taking off and everybody's into this and like this is the thing and uh it's so it's it's really weird to kind of fast forward 16 years and realize that we're talking about from autumn to ashes again and all the bands like them and just getting really really excited to see them in two weeks so it's i, I definitely think that 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 yeah those bands in that time had a huge impact uh, on the scene yeah so to to follow up with that i think actually furnace fest was fairly pivotal, at least for the scene in the Southeast. Um, and so there really wasn't anything like that, especially in this area, but I guess you could make, I guess you could make the argument really nationally, a kind of really DIY hardcore punk festival. And uh, I mean, there were, there were other pretty big metal festivals and things like that, but nothing really like this that really as well, that, combined kind of these two different viewpoints in the world. So, you know, in the late nineties and early two thousands, Christian punk and hardcore and metalcore was really blowing up. And so um, Furnace Fest was really pivotal in bringing really these two different viewpoints um, to the same music festival. And so I've told the story quite a few times. I've known Chad for a hundred years. I think we met when I was 15 years old and I was going to his record shop, buying, uh, CDs like MXPX CDs and all these other CDs. And, and then he opened a music venue called Slacker 66 in Birmingham. Who is your favorite, who is your favorite metalcore band to play Slacker 66? Oh, um, I mean, Under Oath, their early stuff was really some of my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> some of my favorite metalcore stuff. Yeah. And so early Under Oath was just killing it. I mean, those guys were kind of the, uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily know if you'd say for the forefathers of that, but uh, they really kind of helped shape that sound, which was mm-hmm. so cool. But uh, I, I saw Under Oath's first show outside of Florida at Birmingham at Slacker 66. And so yeah, you were one of the seven people in attendance. That's right. You paid you were one of seven people that paid five dollars to see under oath. That's right. Before there was even an act of depression. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And I remember exactly what Dallas was wearing. He had this because I remember it was like hot and he had this white sweater on. And I was like, why is this guy wearing a sweater? in this really hot steamy warehouse but um, do you remember that he would do this thing where he would like jump and like level out his body and yeah. just fall he would yeah. i mean it's like <laughs> he would just jump and go like per- perpendicular with the ground and then just yeah. drop yeah. and the whole stage would be like poof, like yep. you could it was like that's got to be so painful what's wrong with you they they played all out no matter if there were seven kids or 700 kids but to, to my point, what was pivotal about this time and this music festival was um, there were, we really kind of set the table for all people really welcome to this table. It was a large table, no matter what you believed, whether you were a Christian or straight edge or vegan or, or atheist, it didn't matter. You, you, everybody was welcome around this table. You know, one of the only things that we just asked was like, there'd just be some mutual respect. And so, and it was really, really successful. And so it was awesome because you would see an Under Oath or, you know, an Anne Berlin or a Me Without You play, you know, right behind Terror or whatever. And so there was just all these great bands and all these uh, opposing viewpoints, but yet there was this kind of overall respect for the most part 
for each other. And it was really cool. And I think it was pivotal. I think, mm -hmm. I think take hold records and furnace fest was really pivotal in creating an atmosphere of acceptance and respect among all these different groups, um, which was really, really cool. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, <laughs> I think it is, it's definitely interesting in this day and age to, to, to look back at under oath and, you know, Courtney and I are originally from Southeast Michigan and they were huge there. Um, just, just, they really took over the state. Anytime they came to visit, anytime they came to a venue in the area, it would always sell out. Um, and I remember the first time, the first time we saw them, they were opening for Taking Back Sunday, I think, which is Courtney's like diehard yeah. you know, fan. Diehard Taking Back Sunday. And then I do have to say, they scared the crap out of me when they came on. My sister pushed me out of the <laughs> yeah, way. She was like, this is for me. Get behind me. This Back. is for me. <laughs> Right, like, who is this? They're like, it's under oath. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I like this. And then a couple of weeks later, I was in a hair salon, like getting my hair done. And these, and I was talking out loud about how I wasn't sure if I was really into under oath. And all these girls in the salon went off on me. And they were just like, how dare you? That is the best band to ever hit the sea. Right? So it was just like, this whole word of mouth movement that um, they eventually won me over over time. I love it. As time has passed, I think, you know, most people in our community, family and friends, cannot believe that Courtney and I are still so passionate about metal, right? There's uh, like always this air of like, oh, you're, you'll grow out of it at some point. Um, and I think what we're finding is no, mm -mm. no. Um, <laughs> um, and, and to that point, I do find that it seems to me that as we get older, we find other ways to support the community mm -hmm. um, or, or just other ways to engage. If, you know, we no longer want to get our teeth knocked out in the mosh pit, there's still other yeah. ways to support. Uh, For real. Yeah, <laughs> we're just missing out. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, um, are you each surprised at all that you still have this kind of passion for the music or did you always know that it was, it was legit. It's legit, great, mm -hmm. creative music. Mm. No, I'm, I'm, I'm very much surprised still to this day that, that I find myself struggling most anytime someone says, listen to this new band. And I'm like, like, why do I want to go there? You know, I could just go back to all these records and memories. And like, I, there's only so much time in the day. You mean like I should go check out Turnstile instead of Stretch Armstrong? Like why? And then of course, you know, thankfully I listen to Turnstile and realize, oh, okay, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, I'm in. <laughs> um, but I think that's, uh, I th yeah, without a doubt is, is amazing to consider how, how many records and how many artists captured not only a sound, but captured a season. Mm -hmm. And one that I still to this day feel so, so thankful to be a part yeah. of. Yeah, well, for me, I'm not surprised at all because, and not to sound like, you know, not, not to sound- Like a douche? Yeah, like a douche. <laughs> but, you know, for me, um, I, I love the scene. I love the culture. I love, I loved everything about punk rock and I loved everything about hardcore. This and is true. This is all true. Absolutely. And still to this day at 41, 
I'm still popping the clash in, popping face to face in, but then turning, you know, turn, turnstile on or knocked loose or some of these great newer bands too. And it's, it's because I love the music. So I'm like the dad in the minivan, true story with my three kids, like blaring hardcore <laughs> and my kids in the back, my son, he's 13. He's a skater kid, but he's all he's in right now into right now is hip hop. So he's just got his earbuds in, but my little girls are back there rocking out. They love it. And so, um, but for me, it's, it's very much a lifestyle. I loved it. I love the community. Uh, I love the fact that there were just all these weird people there and I yeah. fit, I fit right in. And so it was very much a community and a family to me, but man, you know, it, the music was just a cherry on top for that. And, and so uh, I love it, still listen to it. My wife still um, still listens to it as well. So it's, it's about the music, but I think more importantly, it's about the community and it's about, um, it's about that family atmosphere that you get within hardcore mm-hmm. and, and punk rock. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Courtney and I have definitely worn our parents down over the years where, you know, we just blasted so much stuff in the house over time that finally, like when I come to visit now, they're just like, where's that the song you used to play from System of a Down or something? Was it? Why don't you put that on or something? I don't, I don't mind. I don't, I don't, I don't mind. <laughs> Love that. That's incredible. <laughs> it's like, man. Um, so, and that's from people that listen to like Luther Vandross, Anita Baker, Aretha Franklin. Come on. Come on. <laughs> so they're they're really expanding their musical horizons by yeah. giving you grace to, to yeah, put on something heavy. Mm-hmm. And Courtney, you took our mother to Riot Fest in Chicago at one point, right? Come on. Yes. That's cool. <laughs> oh, how did how did she fare? How did that work out? Well, when we she was like excited to support me she's like oh we're going to a festival together but I, I think I talked about it in another podcast she asked me for the address and as soon as we turned in there she's like Humboldt Park that's the hood she grew up in the hood so she's like Cabrini Green like we going back there Courtney we going back there <laughs> so she was scared clutching her purse going you know I wow. went to the suburbs okay yeah. I got yeah. out um, so there was that but um she she had a couple pina coladas and the coconut so she yeah. was fine she She's thought good. it was great yeah That's she had a great That's time so fun wow <laughs> uh-huh. um and I liked what you were saying Chad about perhaps already having a set list of bands that you already know you love. I think that's what I see when I see the lineup for Furnace Fest, where here in New York City, there's always some new music act, but like, Mm -hmm. what's actually going to get me to take two subway trains across town (laughs) and like, ah, Norma Jean, I know it's a good time. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that, yeah, and I think that's when we, you know, when Johnny first, I mean, really all of Furnace Fest happening this year is 100% Johnny Grimes's fault. So if it goes, <laughs> if it goes wonderfully well, then we can applaud Johnny forever. If it, if it, you know, if anyone doesn't like anything about it, then you can blame Johnny. Uh, email me. Yeah. Just e- email Johnny at furnacefest.com. But, uh, <laughs> but the, um, to me, I think that, that what was so cool is that when Johnny first approached me, uh, well, this time there's been several times Johnny had approached me with the idea, but this time for the 20th, anniversary was was just like I think how much I was kind of feeling the nostalgia bug for some of these bands and just like the dude it's been 20 years since 
this happened at least originally. And it's been like in the case of beloved, like when Johnny and I first started talking, it was like, what if we our top three originally that he and I for sure agreed upon were beloved stretch Armstrong and few left standing. Those were the three for us that were like, if those three would, would come back together and do this, then it really like everyone else would be icing on the cake. And, uh, and I still am shocked when I'm like, I'm working on little graphic things with our designer or I'm doing something and, and I just see those three come up and it's just like, Oh, of course, like, you know, beloved stretch arms are, you know, it's like, of course they're on it. You know, they've been confirmed for years, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I think it's, I don't know. It's like, I, I want to, I feel like I have to keep pinching myself every day. For me, I came out of the womb knowing Stevie Wonder and Aretha Franklin. They'd awesome. always be on on Sunday morning. My mom would turn the stereo up. It would be like 9 a.m. And you knew she was going to hand you a broom. So you either ran for the door and was like, I'll be at the library all day. <laughs> or you got handed a chore. So for me, you know, that's how it was like introduced to music. Like it was something you did while doing another activity. Um, and like, it was just always around since birth. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, what was your first experience with just listening to music? Like, how were you originally consuming it? Johnny, you go first. Yeah. I gotta, I'm going to borrow from your, your inspiration. Yeah. So my, um, my grandfather was a musician. He was actually a one man band. And so I grew up going to watch him play and uh, the guitar harmonica, he played the drums with his feet. And, uh, and, and so it was awesome. So I loved it. Um, I loved watching him and I loved listening at a fairly young age. I didn't start, you know, when I was, a young teenager, I was actually, you know, 10, 11, 12, and then 13, my si I have uh, older sisters and all their friends were like, like into Guns N' Roses and, and all those bands. And so, and Pantera. And I just remember one of, uh, one of my sister's friends popping actually a VHS of Pantera in and we watching it. And I was, I was literally hooked. I was like, I don't know what this is, but I love it. And so that was kind of my intro into like heavier music. It was just being exposed through some of my older sister's friends. But my love for music goes way back, really because of my grandfather. That's awesome. Let's just, let's just leave it at that because my story is never going to come anywhere near that. I had, <laughs> I mean, I hadn't, I have no musical bone in my family or in my body. And so my, like the closest I came to any like inspiration for listening to music as a, as a young kid was prob to like i have two memories one is listening to casey Kasem's top top 40 i think that was his name top 40 radio yeah. when i was this was like the late 80s and i was living in the caribbean and uh and i remember going into this little like record store that had vinyl records it, it on this small island in the caribbean and i picked out two records or may i think it, yeah two records that i just thought looked cool and one of them was europe's the final countdown and one of them, I had to go Google it because it's been so long. And it's, it's, um, 
It's Salt and Peppa, and it's their album called Assault <laughs> with, <laughs> with a Deadly Peppa. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought both of those were so cool. And I can remember my friends and I making like cardboard amplifiers and drums and guitars. And we would go stand out on this like busy road, which meant four cars went by throughout the whole day. And we just would blast Bon Jovi living on a prayer or um, Europe's the final countdown. And we would just jam like we like we knew what we were doing with all cardboard instruments. It was horrible. It. But yeah, that's my first first memory. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, definitely lifelong. I know me and Christina, I first got into rock music because I stole, you know, um, Chevelle was the first band after Under Oath that she was listening to and it had parental advisory on the CD yeah, cover. Uh-oh. Right. You had to hide was, that. Yes. I snuck into her room and stole her entire <laughs> CD player to listen to it, turned the volume way up, scared myself. I was like, oh, this is crazy. It's so dark and loud. But after a couple of times, I loved it. So we used to do mm. like wall of deaths in the kitchen. Come on mosh pits (laughs) y'all and to your point about um sort of the christian metal movement i would say that that was a big thing in our area it was already on the radio right there was a christian rock station and um well i know there was one station where you could just tell the dj just kept playing red hot chili peppers records on loop (laughs) like just any given day they would be like oh I don't know. Red Hot Chili Peppers. All right, let's go. Right, and it's just anytime you tuned in, that's that's what was playing. Um, so so yeah, it's. I would say like we didn't really have to go looking for the metal. It was already a pretty big culture of it. Yeah, in that's area. that's so cool. cool. My son and I, uh, by the way, are are just crazy over the new Turnstile album, and we were like, this is a little bit like Red Hot Chili Peppers got together with like a modern day hardcore band and made a record. So, (laughs) so, I mean, that could be, you know, completely off and just us, but it works for us anyway. Um, I know Deaf Heaven is playing at Mm -hmm. Fest, right? Yeah. 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 They just got added. I saw them here a couple of years ago in New York city and I wasn't familiar with them. And I was just like, Oh my God, it feels like some kind of heavy code play. You hear yeah. play? Like, it's like some really happy happy moments and it's a really dark dark moments. yeah on that note what are some other bands like up and coming bands that you'd like to shout out that you think people should take a look at and give a chance to for me uh the the three bands that i'm most excited to see that i haven't seen um is Astronoid, which is this yep, same. Uh, absolutely. Although I have seen them, but yeah, they're they're going to be incredible. They're mm-hmm. incredible. Um, I can't wait. Um, mm-hmm. Turnstile and Knocked Loose are kind of the three bands. Well, Knocked Loose and Turnstile have been been bands, and I don't I don't necessarily know how long Astronoid's been a band. They're all still fairly young, you know. And so, mm-hmm. and I think actually all three of those bands are starting to hit their peak. They're starting to really mm-hmm. find their identity and really carve out these new kind of sounds within the scene, which I think is amazing. And so those will be the, the three bands for me. Nice. Yeah, for me, I, I think it would be Deaf Heaven, which we just talked about. Um, I have seen Astronoid, so that's that's one uh, that will be amazing, but maybe not my top three because I've seen them. Um, 
I think Poison the Well, surprisingly, is a band that I don't believe I've ever actually seen before, which yeah. is kind of crazy, but somehow I don't think I have. And then the, let's see, the maybe, who's going to be the, oh, without a doubt, Turnstile. How could I, it's like not even a question. So uh, that was easy. Oh, how, man. I had to get all the way down there at the bottom of the flyer and like, wait, yeah. uh, that's right. I will, I will give you one other band that's a fairly new band and they're absolutely insane. And I actually think that they're probably going to be the wildest set at Furnace Fest. Mm. It's, it's end. So if you guys can catch ends, um, those guys are amazing. They're super heavy. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, I'm excited to see those guys too. They're playing on Friday. So it's going to be, it's going to be great watching those guys. Yeah. yeah, I think Courtney and I both have been saying Friday is standing out to us as far mm -hmm. as um, our bread and butter, the things that, that we're yeah. like most. Even Zhao, I think um, I've heard recently. And, and of course, I think what's interesting about this is it's nice to see everyone, all these bands in one place, because mm -hmm. a, I'd say a good handful of them on the roster are frequent like New York City East Coast performers. Mm -hmm. But then I gather there's a whole nother set that might mainly tour on the West Coast and we don't see as yeah. often that kind of thing. So it seems like a really nice cross-section of, of what's possible. makes you fall in love with a new song is it the strum of the instruments or is it the words like the power of the words what draws you in first mm. for me it probably is is uh is melody and and a chorus or a part of a song that i find myself singing or humming or repeating after i've heard it you know especially mm -hmm. like find myself just throughout the day like oh man that like, I, like, man, that song's so good. I need to listen to that again. So that's, yeah, that's probably my, my thing. Um, for me, you know, it really just depends on the mood. Sometimes I just want to pop something in and listen to some heavy, you know, riffs and breakdowns and kind of go nuts in my, in my car or, you know, in my office. But, but mostly, I, I mean, I'm a lyric guy, so I really love powerful lyrics. I love lyrics that have meaning. Um, look, I like the silly stuff, too, whether it be Newfound Glory or whatever, where we can just kind of bounce around and have fun. But um, I, I love storytelling. And so um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of drift towards those types of bands, whether it be like a Defeater, who's amazing, lyrically it's it's so amazing or like a hot water music who's an older band um but yet lyrically those guys were are just amazing and like face to face which is a kind of a a, a california fat records pop punk band but lyrically trevor there's nobody in punk rock who does it better than him just from a lyrical standpoint. So it depends on the mood, but at the end of the day, I'm a storyteller. I love stories. I love deep meaning. I love to be, I love to like really start think 
you know, start thinking deeply about things. And so there's some bands on this, on this, um, on this lineup that really, really calls me to start thinking deeply. Um, and so, which I love that, but then, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes you want to bounce around and have fun and, um, or you just want some heavy riffs and breakdowns. So it all depends on mood. Depends on the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Is there an act you've seen a band do that you've never, ever seen another band do that is just like iconic, like your favorite moment that's kind of still stuck with you all this time? Like I'll give you an example. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the Fillmore in Detroit. It's like mm-hmm. a big um, theater, like styled in like Italian Renaissance, like baby angels everywhere and gold. Oh, and cool let live played there and i just remember the lead singer jason butler on the stage screaming his head off and then he just jumped off the stage walked out of the auditorium and shut the literal door so we're all just watching this long microphone cord where'd he go he He just was out there still singing i was like is he going into the bathroom probably (laughs) we were all just watching and then he came back, but I was like, that is the longest microphone cord I've yeah. ever seen. What about you guys? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I think for, probably for both of us, I would guess is uh, is the first, well, I think the first and only time that the Dillinger escape plan played mm-hmm. Furnace Fest and the singer through one of those old school uh <laughs> heavy weighted down microphone stands as high into the air as he could and I, I feel like he may have hit like if he was a pole vaulter i'm pretty sure the <laughs> microphone stand went over the vault you know uh and, and it almost hit one of our friends in the head like, it felt like i feel like about 12 inches from our friend's head mm-hmm. And I just, it's the only time I've been at a show and I thought uh, this, this was probably a bad idea. And I think somebody's <laughs> going to get seriously hurt. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was one of the most amazing sets I've ever seen because uh, I mean, just people went crazy. I literally thought the place was going to come down. They were setting stuff on fire. He was climbing the lighting scaffolding and, and it was wild. But a, another fairly memorable set was, well, it was actually Norma Jean's last show with kind of their original, um, you know, lineup. And so it was, it was insane. And nobody knew, nobody knew it was their last set. But um, looking back, you were like, oh, they definitely put on a show where you could tell that these guys kind of knew that this was the last time they were going to be playing together. And I remember Aaron from Me Without You uh, did a song with them and it was just it was it was amazing so Courtney I've seen some pretty crazy stuff here in New York and um, there's a big underground scene too where it's really experimental I don't really hang in those spaces and I've seen plenty of like Scandinavian bands come through oh yeah and do like whole rituals with like goat's blood and and just all (laughs) kinds of stuff where but it's like for those kinds of things i'm like i'm just in the photog pit right i'm like hey i'm just here to document all right (laughs) you don't taking this to a whole nother place though right i'm just gonna use my camera and quietly just stay uh, safe over my corner (laughs) 
Yeah, that's how I feel. That's why I, I, that's why I've always, you know, wanted to be more in, on the promoter side because I feel like I can safely get myself out of the way without without too much trouble. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because now everybody's old, you know. So it's like it's like back, you know, twenty years ago, everyone was everyone was so excited and didn't care if they yeah, broke an ankle like or yeah. something. Now it's like, oh. I gotta, I gotta do this three days in a row. This conversation definitely has me nostalgic for, for metal shows in general. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't been to a show in a solid two years now, mm-hmm. and like, I just, I, I, I miss just going to a show locally at, as a metalhead, not punk. Uh, that's different. Um, as a metalhead, being like very serious and kind of grouchy. Yep. And standing with the rest of the metalheads in the back of a venue with our arms crossed, like super judgy and trying to determine if like the band that's playing is worthy of our attention or not. <laughs> and then, you know, people are looking at each other like, do you like them? Do you like, oh, you don't like them. Okay. I don't like them. I don't, I don't like them. Yeah. That's we going to wait for the next band. Right. You got to wait for the tastemaker to give you the nod. And then everybody's yeah. like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who of the Furnace Fest lineup would you guys be most excited to see? Um, I think for me, from Autumn to Ashes, I've never actually been to a show, but she played it all the time. So I'm like, I feel like I know all the songs. Just don't know what they're called. Um, And then Under Oak, of course, because I felt like when they came back for their reunion tour, when they're like, we can't break up, we have to do it again. Um, I saw them, but I haven't seen them since they started trying out their new songs, their new albums. And I want to see, you know, what they what they're doing with that, like how mm-hmm. they're doing with that. Um, I don't know. What about you, Christina? Definitely for me, the 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 pull is from autumn to ashes. But I'd say it's it's like a lifelong search at this point, because, you know, by the time I was old enough and had money and a car to go see them, they had already kind of disbanded or retired or what have you. And I'll say in the last um, sort of decade since I've lived out here in New York, I've caught them once where they came out from Long Island and, and did a show at St. Vitus. I'm really into just emotionally driven music. So one of my other genres of passion is actually classical opera. And, um, you know, for me, it all, it's all the same. So what I'm planning on doing this spring, uh, fall is just kind of starting off going back to shows that are basically at some of the classical institutions downtown, like Carnegie mm-hmm. Hall, and then working my way to more metal shows. Wow. Nice. That's cool. What a great plan. She's got the opera glasses and everything. Youngest person there. <laughs> yeah. That's it's amazing. all the same to me. I mean, like, absolutely. I've seen things happen even at the opera where it's like, this is mosh pit worthy. Like, yeah. there's some crazy shit happening on stage right now. <laughs> A person could dance to this. Um, I'm also excited to see Every Time I Die and the Thursday yeah. band. Oh, I yeah. really like that Thursday came back. Mm. Um. Furnace Fest just seems like such a reunion, like a family reunion of the band. So it's just really exciting to imagine them being able to get together, but also seeing them interact together again. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It is that part is going to be, I don't know, so fun. We're just just like that, like watching 
even a couple of those interactions, you know, where like bands haven't seen each other in so long. And because, because of COVID, obviously most of these bands have not been spending all their time on the road. So mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's going to be wild. So Furnace Fest is taking place at Sloss Furnaces or Sluice. We call it <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sluice, Sluice Furnaces. Yeah. <laughs> um, for the three-day weekend, September 24th to September 26th. Mm -hmm. And I've been looking at pictures because I've never been before. And it looks so cool, like really giving it's... me steampunk vibes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's amazing. It's, I mean, there could be cooler venues somewhere in the world. But I'm not sure that I've actually been to them. Yeah. I, I just, the, Sloss is truly a unique, one of a kind, remarkable mm -hmm. space. And yeah. uh, it's really amazing that we're able to even do this uh, at Sloss. Yeah, it's a, it's a national monument. It's, uh, it's amazing. Uh, it's a museum. It's an event space. And uh, it is just, it's amazing. There's so much history there. And it is so unique, which makes it, which makes it that even more cool. And so, yeah, it's one of the best music venues. And I, I live in Birmingham, and so we take great pride in it. Nice. Yeah, me and Christina, um, we did the Black Girls World, the first ever Black Girls World Fest in Philly um, at the Museum of Contemporary Arts. Um, oh, and we, cool. you know, were kind of invited to do that because they were doing an art exhibit on women in punk. Nice. But, you know, that's one of the things where we're like, how do you choose a venue? Do you, are you going for that emotional connection? Yeah, I feel like Sloss chose us because yeah. in Birmingham, it's such an obvious, not eyesore, but like just random, like what is that place? Like you drive by it all the time and then you occasionally hear about there being concerts. Um, so when, when we agreed that we wanted to do this again, to me, it was never, there was never a question of whether there was even another option for a venue. Like if Sloss had not been available, it would be like, oh, I mean, maybe we could do Furnace Fest out in a field somewhere, but it just would not be yeah, the same at all. And everyone would be like, well, it was cool, but it just wasn't. Now it's like, yeah, this is, this is what everybody remembers who would have ever been there. And so it's, uh, yeah, I feel like the venue, the venue found us. What about Alabama? Cause um, this would be our first time going to Alabama if we can make the time to go. I'm still in her ear. It looked really cool, Katina. The lineup looked really cool. But That'd be great. What, what would like you guys grew up in Birmingham, Alabama? What would you like to shout out about Birmingham in general? Like, why should people come here? What's cool about the city? Well, I'll I'll take the lead on this one since I still live here. Um, <laughs> I grew up in Birmingham, and so I've seen I've seen Birmingham at its best. I've seen Birmingham at its worst, and um, and Birmingham is such a beautifully unique city. And so, of course, we we fully understand that there is so much stigma around the state of Alabama. And um, but what is amazing is when we have outsiders come in. Um, and when they come to Birmingham, all, all those kind of preconceived ideas really start to crumble because there is this beautiful community of people, no matter ethnicity, race, religion, um, that really, uh, in many ways, um, coexist and, and, and love each other. Now, that's not to say that we don't have our problems and there's not to say that there's not 
racism or whatever that happens. Um, but for Birmingham, we, we, um, we have, we do our best and we're doing our best and to make great strides at bringing those things uh, down. And so we're still consistently working on that. But um, as far as the food scene, there's, there, there, there's hard press to be a better food scene, at least in the Southeast. Um, uh, the food's amazing here. Um, we've got a James Beard award restaurant. Um, some of the best barbecue you'll ever eat. It's just, it's great. And so, um, the music scene, um, is amazing as well. There's this cool resurgence and a lot of great local bands, uh, that are coming out of here. Um, and so there's just so much, there's so much that, that Birmingham has to offer the, you have the civil rights Institute. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, there's so much history here. Uh, um, it's an extremely welcoming city. Uh, you know, of course that Southern hospitality's here. And so everybody's like, Hey, how are you? And which kind of freaks some people out, but you don't walk down the street without saying, Hey, to the person that's walking next to you, it's actually offensive. And so, um, so there's just, it's great hospitality here, great food, great music, uh, and so many great institutions to go visit and learn. There's just, yeah, there's just like, there's a charming allure to Birmingham. That's like, it feels on one hand, sort of like a small town that that's really, it's cute. It's like, it's got hills. It's got, I don't know. It's just got, it has a lot of character. And then you can, you be pretty quickly begin to realize that like, oh, this might feel small, but it's actually got a whole lot going on. And uh, I don't know. I, th I feel like every time I'm there, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by how much it's grown and, um, the, the fact that they have a Hattie B's hot chicken, which, which up until, you know, recent, no, well, I don't know, a couple of years ago is like a Nashville exclusive. It's yeah. like, Oh man. Um, but I want to go, my thing is I want to go, I want to try hero donuts for lunch. Do you think that's, that's a amazing. good idea to take, take my family to hero donuts for lunch? Yeah, it's one of the best. So you okay. can't, yeah. It, so hero donuts is a great donut shop, but they do so much more than donuts and they have some of the best sandwiches and breakfast sandwiches, but it's a, it's amazing. And they're expanding into other cities as well. But uh, if you guys come, you have to go visit uh, hero donuts. Yeah. Nice. All right. We got heroes donuts, Hattie's hot chicken. All right. We yeah. need one more. Come on, come on. Trim, go to, yeah. Trim tab. Do you, well, yeah. If you, if you like beer trim tab, but what Johnny, what's the name of the ice cream shop they should visit? Oh, uh, neighbor's ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Neighbor's oh, ice cream. So it's a, it's a, it's a top it's ice cream shop. It's great. Yeah. I will say the first time I went to Chick-fil-A, I'm a polite person. That is another level. They scared That's me. another level. They, yep. they will wear my you pleasure. down with that. My pleasure. My, yep. I always go in and see how many my pleasures I can get. I the most I've gotten is 14 in one, in one trip. <laughs> and so, but yeah, those, those people are so kind. That's crazy. That sounds funny. Okay. Now I'm curious. Let me see if I could go check out the Chick-fil-A here in Midtown Manhattan. Because I, I totally get what you mean. Like, you know, uh, I went to school, um, finished my graduate degree in Chicago and people were very like Midwestern nice and yeah. uh, absolutely here on the East Coast. No. Right. Mm -hmm. The whole like, hey, how are you? Is like, the hell are you talking to me? Like, yeah. get the hell away from me. Um, <laughs> and I do miss it sometimes. The that mm -hmm. energy of just, you don't look so well today. Are you OK? Yeah. And it's like sincere from a total stranger. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, that, that does not happen around here. <laughs> I used to have a hard time visiting her because she used to live deep in Harlem. And the taxi driver would be like, you're not from around here. Just because I asked his permission, if I could open the window, I'm like, sir, may I adjust your window? He's like, you're asking me? I'm like, it's like, what? <laughs> so by the time we had struck up a conversation, talked about his life, we get to her corner and he's just looking around like, you want me to let you out here? Deep in the hood? Can I call someone for you? I'm like... <laughs> Well, it's an adjustment going up the East Coast, so I think Alabama would be cool. Yeah, Um, it would. We have a large community of women who follow us and queer women who follow us, and it sounds like Alabama would be welcoming. Have you seen more women in the scene down there, like, compared to previous years? The only scene I'm in? is uh is unfortunately like stepping back into furnace fest and i've been so out of the scene mm-hmm. that i i couldn't say either way so i don't know johnny if you feel like there's is is there a shift happening uh, maybe this is it i i mean i think so this the scene though looks completely different than it did in the late 90s early 2000s it was absolutely very much kind of a male dominated uh you know, masculine, egotistical, you know, gathering at times. And so, but I think the scene has shifted. Even the music sounds a lot different. And so the things that are considered punk are so much different than what punk was in the 90s and and, Mm -hmm. and early 2000s, which I love. I love the progression of music. And Mm -hmm. I love the progression of punk rock. I still pop in The Clash all the time. It's one of my favorite punk bands. And, uh, but then I love, popping in other punk bands like you know bands that are doing stuff today that are just a lot different and so um but in Birmingham specifically we we see that um, even within the skate community um there is a lot of female skaters and so which is really cool we just launched a project called Skate Alabama where we're raising funds to to build a skate park in in Hoover which is a suburb right outside of Birmingham and we had our first like info meeting the other night and the vast majority of the skaters that were there were female and I absolutely loved it. And oh. so it was so cool. But yeah, I think there is definitely, um, definitely, you know, women that are getting more interested in this. A lot has to do with the community. A lot has to do with, um, you know, the um I think the genre of music is an added layer, like I was talking about earlier, but yeah, we definitely see it here. That's awesome. It sounds exciting. It's going to be a sick show. I'm still in her ear about going because I don't want to miss the lineup, Christina. You guys come and let us know if you're coming. We'd love to treat you guys and to uh, make it a super special event for y'all. Awesome. All right. I think we only have a couple more minutes and I don't want to hound you with more questions, but is there anything else you'd like to say? No, I, yeah, I just want to say thanks for doing this. You know, thanks for giving uh, all of us a space to come together and talk, talk about metalcore and, and uh, hot chicken and everything in between. It's, it's, yeah. This has been great. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm deeply honored that you guys asked us to be on. It's a, it's an honor for me. And so thank you guys so much. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Well, you heard it here, folks. You got to go out to Furnace Fest. We got to go to Birmingham, Alabama. We got to get them donuts. That's right. <laughs> and ice cream. <laughs>
<laughs> You're I want to dance. <laughs>